Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian, joining me once again my co-host in Tocayo, Adrian. Adrian, you're staying warm, man. How are you? Hey, dude, how's it going? Yes, I'm bundling up. As you can see over here, I had this hoodie on, I had this uh, freaking thermal wool jacket, and uh, I have a, my, my beanie. It's not even that cold inside my house, but man, uh, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be at Texan if I said it, it ain't cold out here. Yeah, yeah. The, the annual winter freeze in Texas now uh, that has mm -hmm. been happening probably the last three or four years now. It's gotten, it's become a thing now. Um, but glad you're staying warm, man. And, uh, you know, let's talk about here today's episode. We're going to be going over kind of, you know, obviously recently there's been the, the Kate Cal transfer, the Brandon Vasquez transfer, Liga Mekis, um, MLS players choosing to go to Liga Mekis rather than uh, staying in MLS or heading to Europe, right? So, um we're going to kind of discuss that whole situation. What does it mean for, you know, both leagues, Liga Mekis, uh, MLS? What does it mean for the national teams? And, uh, yeah, man, let's get into it. Um, obviously, in the past, you know, there's we've seen some some uh, names on the USMNT side kind of move to Liga Mekis. Uh, some names like Hercules Gomez, who started with LA Galaxy, Wizards, and then moved to Liga Mekis, where he played for Tigres, Puebla. Um, Demarcus Beasley, who played for Puebla. Uh, Jonathan Bornstein, Omar Gonzalez, Sendejas, uh, even that started his youth career in Dallas before he moved to Chivas and ultimately America. Um, but never have we seen such, I guess, prominent, I want to say, USMNT players. Uh, Brandon Vasquez, obviously one of the top five strikers that the USMNT has right now, um, made a big move to Monterrey. And uh, Kate Cowles, a, a youngster that's up and coming, 20 years old, who has a bright future, right? So uh, the two two big names from USMNT going down there, especially, um, I guess you want to tell our, our listeners here, man, why the Kate Cal uh, move is so, you know, vital and important here. It is, you know, it, it is a very crucial moment for Chivas because for the longest time, as many of our fans know, they had this rule where they only play with, Mex with Mexican-born players so even though you were naturalized or even though your parents were born in mexico if you were not born in mexico you couldn't be eligible for chivas now recently and especially specifically for kate cabell they they have made a change in the rule and now you don't have to be born in mexico you just have to be a mexican national so or have your mexican passport uh it's still excluding naturalized players but what it's doing is opening up the gates for those uh, dual nationals that are out there who maybe were not born in Mexico, but they have Mexican parents or some sort of, some sort of Mexican heritage, like in this case, El Caballo Cabo, who I think his grandmother is actually his link to Mexico and not his mom, as we thought, uh, or at least at least how I thought it was the case. But this is this is huge because this, this means that now Chivas has a more decent sized pool to bring in players and they unlock the gates to a different market that they were not looking at a market that is maybe slightly cheaper than the than the local one in Liga MX this means that pretty much every single dual national player in MLS is now eligible for Chivas 
Yeah, it's huge for sure. I mean, they, Jorge Vergara had made that initial uh, rule years ago, right? It was huge when he, he kind of stated that they were going to play with nothing but Mexican nationals. And uh, now, I guess, in order to grow, man, in order to stay yeah. relevant, they needed to adapt and uh, kind of open, like you said, open the window to a little bit more uh, talent coming in, which there definitely is a lot of talent, especially California, Texas, along the border, right, for those types of players for Chivas. Um, and, uh, you know, it went well for Kate Cal. and. To another extent, Brandon Vasquez, both of them, um, you know, two players who were uh, looking to move out of MLS, maybe had outgrown MLS, um, who USMNT fans were hoping would go to Europe, um, but ended up going to, to Liga MX, obviously, Brandon Vasquez for like $8.5 million to Monterrey, which was way more than he was going to get in, in Europe. Uh, so, I mean, w- w- way more than uh, his team was going to get from a team in Europe, and he's getting paid a lot more than he would have gotten paid in Europe. Uh, and Kate Cal as well. Um you know, this is one thing that I think uh, Liga Mekis can attract these players better, right? I mean, you're obviously going to, for these players that are kind of on the cuffs of B, A team, A minus players that may not thrive in Europe, um, in my opinion, I, I think you, you you agree with this, Liga Mekis is still above MLS. Maybe it has closed in the last couple of years, uh, but it's still an upgrade, though it is not necessarily the big, big upgrade that going to Europe is, right? So, I mean, uh, these players might still be behind those that are actually playing in Europe. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think in the sense of uh, just looking at this thing from, you know, a very, I guess, uh far far like just removing myself and just looking at it far away and just analyzing the move right what i think of these players is as you mentioned these were two young players who had outgrown the mls significantly like there was no bigger challenge for them or no no big reason for them to stay in mls they were not going to get better they were not getting challenged by the opposition in any way they have shown that they were pretty much the best or the creme of the creme of mls Moving to Liga MX puts them in a spot where they, they're going to face better de- defenses, which is great. Uh, so we can actually see if they're if they're that skilled, right? Or if they have that technical prowess that they claim to have during MLS. It is unfortunate to see him going to Mexico, specifically the case of Kate Cowell, since he's very young. He's, what, 20 or even, even younger than that. And so for him now, it's going to be a little more challenging to move to Europe, not because of, I guess, his status as now a Mexican, but the price tag that now he has by being a Chivas player. You know, it's different from being a three-mil player in San Jose to be a six-mil, eight-mil player for Chivas. Right. And not just that, man, the the microscope that these players are going to be under. Um, you know, I, I mentioned a couple players back in that, that were playing back in the day in Liga Mekis. Bornstein, uh, Demarcus Beasley, Hercules Gomez, a lot of players that nobody really expected much of because they either got them cheap, they were at the end of their career, or, you know, they just, it wasn't like the whole deal with Chivas where Cade Cal was the first to break that rule, right? So Cade Cal's going to be uh, like under the microscope, criticized for everything. Um, you, you just know the the tabloids are going to make fun of any any Porto Spanish he speaks, um, anything, <laughs> any, way, any way he dresses. Um you know, he, he had his press conference, he was wearing cowboy boots, and I think they already were burning him for that. Um, <laughs> stuff like that, especially on the field, right? You know, if he doesn't perform, they're going to be like, why did we let this guy in? Um, and Brandon Vasquez, man, $8.5 million, even from Monterrey, that's that's a lot of money to splash out for, yeah. for mm-hmm. a, a forward, right? So um, 
a lot of pressure, a lot more pressure than the old players that I mentioned that played back in the day. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're just going to wait and see what this what this means for these guys and for future players that maybe want to make the move from MLS to the MX. Did you see that video that Chivas uh, posted for, I guess, introducing Kate yeah, Cabo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, los mexicanos hablan sinaloense or whatever, and then... También hablan español. I'm here. I'm Kate Cowell. Or whatever, something, like that. something along those lines. But right. going back to going back to the pressure point that you mentioned, I think is very that's that's a very interesting one because I don't think. Well, let me let me let me rephrase this because I had it in my mind, but I, I think it's going to sound highly controversial, and that's not that's not what I'm aiming for. <clears throat> I think if you play in MLS, depending on the market you're playing, right? So if you are, are part of LAFC, maybe uh, Seattle Sounders maybe Atlanta United, those are the big markers where you markets, sorry, where you can get a lot of pressure from the fans and scrutiny. He's going to both of them, both Brandon Vasquez and Kate Cowell, are going to two teams that are pretty much at the center stage of every single tournament or every single apertura and clausura in Mexico. So they're about to test high pressure, high stakes. And it's something that just they, they have never had before, right? I know that Brandon Basca came from a somewhat successful run with Cincinnati, maybe that pressure of, you know, becoming becoming a champion in MLS. K. Cowell definitely was playing at a, at a smaller team with way less ambitions than Cincinnati. So this is going to be also a mental challenge for them. Can they withstand the pressure? And it's, I, I want, I'm going to, I mean, I want to say more Brandon Vasquez than Kate Cowell. Um, I think they're going to see the, 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 the sim a similar amount of pressure, but I personally think, and it's just my opinion because I'm from Monterrey as well, so I'm a little biased over there, but I mean, as you know, football in, Mon in Monterrey, it's, it's a religion, right? It's the, it's the bread of every single day. He's going to get criticized for every single little thing. If he's not performing out there and they see him posting a picture, you know, with a drink, uh, even if it's with his partner or whatever, right? he's gonna get the heat so this is this is a good challenge for them to see if they can grow and mature mentally speaking um but i'm, I'm just wondering to see how much of that will take a toll on them yeah i mean again it's it's not like the old players that went to small teams puebla or hercules gomez that i mean he played for tigres but he was a fringe player and they never played that much for him paid that much for him this guy is going to monterrey um who is in a position that they're frustrated they've you know been Super leader or second uh, place for the last three or four seasons and haven't won the league. Um, you know, they're frustrated with their players, frustrated with the, with the coaching staff, uh, with the owners. And, uh, you know, to bring this guy in as a forward, somebody you're expecting a lot from, um, for that amount of money, yeah, like you said, he's going to be scrutinized crazy there. And, again, obviously Cal for, you know, what he represents just being that new, uh, the new shiny toy that uh, it's, you know, different. <laughs> um I mean, both of them are coming in as the marquee signings of this winter uh, break of Liga MX. Both of them. Uh, I don't think anyone's expecting them to be bench players. Both of them are supposed to be starting starting eleven players, and you know the heat is on. It's on them. You don't think Chicharito's a marquee? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't don't let me get started. I think for Liga MX level, yes, but <laughs> the signing of Kate Cowell is right. at least in my books way more significant than bringing back Chicharito, who, by the way, hasn't signed yet. Right. 
All right. Well, look, man, what does this mean for the two leagues? What does this mean for MLS? Um, they're losing some of their top talent, uh, top young talent, top national team talent to a rival league, a league they compete with in Conca Champions, a league they compete with in Leagues Cup. Uh, obviously, this means, you know, if you're losing top talent, the, the quality of MLS drops. Uh, maybe people went to see them at the, I mean, Cade Cat was the San Jose Earthquake star, right? I mean, that they're losing their number one player. Um, and uh, I guess the one benefit here is they get more money by selling to Liga Mekis teams than they would to Euro teams, right? Um, but uh, MLS probably doesn't want this to be a reoccurring thing. Would you agree? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that specific realm because I understand that they yes they're losing quality players and this is just a repercussion of having tight uh salary caps and you know different rules in terms of keeping a, a level playing field for every single team so maybe they want to adapt on that on the other side i also think about it and i'm like well this doesn't really mean means a lot for mls and i tell you why because mls has sequestered has kidnapped Liga MX, or I guess the USSF, USSF and CONCACAF. I mean, we even want to go further, right? They have kidnapped uh, Doña Fede and Liga MX. So for MLS, it's like, well, I'm putting top talent in a rival, rival league that I have control on because we play League's Cup. And if I'm able to, to uh, transfer... You know, top talent from MLS to Liga Mekis. That only means that when Leagues Cup, Leagues Cup comes around, I'm still going to have, you know, the all the audiences captive on the tournament that I created, still with the big players that came out of my league. Um, I So it's I, it's difficult for me to, to gauge how much of an impact this has in the quality of MLS uh, or if this is a, you know, setback for uh, all the teams. I think, for example, in the in, for the likes of Colorado, Colorado Rapids, Real Salt Lake, uh, San Jose Earthquakes, you know, small market teams, this means that they have an outlet to make more money. Um, so they can probably become, you know, a seeder for the top four Mexican uh, teams. Because to be honest, the only ones who can pick top dollar in Mexico are maybe six teams. And out of those six teams, maybe only four can actually afford to pay you know the five mil and above price tags and those are the names of america monterrey tigres and chivas um so it's going to be interesting to see how this development yeah no but good point about the league's cup um you know we like we saw when mazatlan played uh bravos i think it was 200 people in the stadium maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe, and probably even less people watching on apple tv um uh-huh. maybe they're hoping since all that money is shared between the leagues uh, I, I see i see what you're saying uh you know maybe interest from american fans to watch kate cow with chivas in the league's cup rises and there's more fans watching more ticket sales yeah i i, I, I can see that being a part of it now that the leagues are so intertwined right every year um, so what does this mean for Liga Mekis, man? I mean, you know, instantly, I mean, bringing two quality players improves bringing, you know, the league, right? More talent in the league. Um, marketing, I think is a big factor. Um, these teams, Chivas, uh, could, could raise their, um, their, their name in California, in, uh, these, uh, big, uh, states with Mexican presence, Monterrey as well. We know they're huge in in Texas, but, um, you know, that they're not, they're not, the Regio teams aren't huge and you know, other parts of, of the USA. Um, 
maybe the negative is they're overpaying instead of possibly going for younger no names in South America that we know they could pay a lot, you know, a little for to get quality. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think this means for Liga MX going forward? I think this this is the. I mean, I, if you, if you look at all the rosters throughout the Liga MX, you're gonna see a couple of dual nationals here and there, right? Some of them mainly as bench players, some of them as academy players, and maybe one or two as crucial or starting eleven player on Tijuana, maybe like Alejandro Sendejas in America, right? Um, but I think this sets a precedent for all Mexican teams to start looking at those dual nationals in the United States. Now, we all know that Liga Mekic has a struggle recently to compete with MLS for that top talent in South America, not only for, you know, May talent, but also the future, right? Uh, MLS has been attracting younger and younger South American talent for the last few years, and Mexico has a struggle to compete with that. I think this is the window where Mexico can say, or I guess Liga Mekis, not Mexico in general, but Liga Mekis can say, you know what, this is the this is the the way that I can, I guess, uh, compete against MLS. I can now compete for that top ta- top dual national talent. And the thing is that if you look at the available pool of Mexican players out there, there's very little talent and it's highly coveted. So I think this is a good outlet to maybe help the Mexican player, you know, cheapen and make it more attractive for other markets that is that are in Liga MX and Mexico to find a reliable source or Liga MX teams find a reliable source of additional pools of talent that they weren't looking at. They weren't they weren't paying attention to it. And on top of that, I think it's a win situation for Liga MX in the sense of as you as you were saying, right, getting more brand exposure in the United States. The the I, in, in my opinion, right, and I'm totally biased, I have a very narrow view of the entire population, but in my opinion, based on the people that I interact with, uh, the, the, the U.S. American fan tends to f- significantly follow their, their national team, right? So most of their, I guess, fanatism goes directly to the, to the national team. If a Liga MX is, is able to secure a recurrent USMNT player, that increases the chances of opening the gates or making a mark on a on a specific market that they they weren't even on the radar on, right? So, for example, let's say that Tita secures a move of I don't know Miles Robinson, right? I think that will that will be a significant move for Tigres, and it will make their name more attractive to a non Liga MX US based fan. Yeah, grow the pop, grow the popularity of the league amongst non-U.S. Mexican American fans, other yes. fans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we've seen it. Obviously, you can't compare Cade Cal and Brandon Vasquez to Christian Pulisic, but we saw him the effect it had when he went to Chelsea. Now with AC Milan, I think AC Milan sales in the USA are up like four hundred fifty percent just because of that move. Obviously, that's not the same, uh, you know, magnitude, right? But I mean, it, it could. It wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing around San Jose more Chivas jerseys. Or you know a lot along yes. the lines of that. Yes, or in yes. Cincinnati, a couple Rayado jerseys, or Rayados goes play to Cincinnati, right? Uh, stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about Liga Mekis, so let's use this as a way to kind of start talking about a three. Um, what does this mean for a three? Uh, you know, obviously, like we said, it, comp- it creates more competition in the league, which ultimately uh, a lot of L three players play in the league. So 
better quality for them. Um, but I think the big thing, man, is that um, it, we might be this might be the start where we start seeing more dual nationals, especially uh, Mexican born, uh, American born, Mexican heritage players making their way to La Selección Mexicana. Yeah, no, and I think that's the center, the 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 central point or the main uh, subject of this uh, discussion that we were having, man, is this is just the beginning. Um, unfortunately, for maybe the the Mexican national talent, might be an an additional obstacle in their way of becoming a professional player and being eligible for the three. But if I'm just being honest and objective about this, this is to me, at least in paper. Great news for L3, right? They have access to talent that they thought otherwise was lost to the USMNT. They have the ability to lure that talent into a, I guess, closer zone to keep them, wa you know, to watch them. Um, I think there's still this factor of being a rock star in Liga MX is, is significantly better than being an average player in MLS. So I think they can lure the, lure the, the talent like that, but to me, it's just I I personally see this as a good move, as a positive thing for Liga for uh, Doña Fede and FMX Food in general, um, and I hope that this also brings an additional level of, I guess, or or makes it more challenging, increases the competitiveness of the Mexican national player because they're going to start facing uh, youngsters or or uh, players who grew up, you know, competing against you know, uh, talent from from Africa, from Asia, from Eastern Europe, right? Because that's that's MLS. That's a good thing about MLS is that they have a multinational roster. Now, I understand that most of these teams op operate in academy mode, and I'm not too sure how many academy players are uh, foreigners, but whenever they get promoted to the first team, they do get to train with talent that, you know, it's unavailable in Mexico. Like it's very little. It's very odd to see an African player in Liga MX. It's very odd to see a Eastern European player in Liga MX. And it's even more odd to see an Asian player, whatever uh, ethnicity or nationality, in Liga MX. Right. Um, yeah. No. I, I think that the positives completely outweigh the negatives for it three here, and for the USMNT as well. As we wrap this episode up, um, you know. Like we said, MLS is still a little bit behind Liga MX, so having players even not go to Europe, but maybe go a step a little bit above M MLS and go to Liga MX can only help these players and can only help uh, the USMNT. And uh, also on on the, the marketing end of it, you know, I mean, uh, surprisingly, when when I go to Mexico, sometimes I sometimes see people wearing USMNT jerseys. Uh, <laughs> yes, that that might even you know start going up right that just because of the marketing there as well um so yeah man interesting topics here uh definitely uh uh something that uh i we, we didn't expect chivas to do this this january no. window um so big big news and uh, i think it's just gonna open the, the the floodgates for for more talent to cross the border down there and go play in yeah Mekis, man um adrian bro as we wrap this episode up dude where can our listeners find us man they can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro Pinchegol. We post stuff every now and then. 
yeah, make sure to follow us and uh, let us know below in the comments uh, what do you think of this these moves? Um, what do you think of Liga Mekis getting some of the you know top talent from MLS? Are you pro of this? Are you against this? Um, definitely let us know in the comments below because we like interacting with you guys down there. I think I made another good episode, bro. Um, you know, listeners, uh, keep following us here on PPG. Uh, we're going to be giving a preview of the uh, USMNT Camp Cupcake Friendly this weekend. So stick it mm-hmm. here with PPG, man. Adrian, see you in the next one, bro. Always a pleasure, my friend. Likewise, dude. See ya.